Welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast. Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo. How are you doing this week, Noah? I'm good. How are you? Do, doing all right. Doing all right. Another busy week with school and everything. Yeah, but, yeah. I At um, least for me, it's till December 22nd. Probably more like 17th, but 22nd is technically when my last assignment is due. It's just going to be an absolute grind. Yeah, I have my last exam on the 19th of December, but... It's an open book exam. So I'm not really too worried about it. Nah, nah, um, that should be, that sounds, that sounds should, nice. Should go okay. Should go okay. But kind of in the home stretch this semester. Um, you've been in class this semester. So that's. Yeah. Yeah. I was, really nice. I was in class yesterday. It was, it's nice, man. It's nice to actually like get out go to class, actually learn something like face to face. Um, none of our guest speakers are actually in person. They're all remote, even the, even if they're in the area. But I mean, it, it's just nice to actually like connect with profs and like be able to like, you know, like have that. I want to say face to face connection, but it's not actually fully face to face because we're we're all wearing masks. Yeah, but it's. Nah, I definitely, definitely appreciate being in person. Yeah, like the online stuff has been brutal. But I will say this, though, is that at least for me, like our, our professors have been able to get better guest speakers just because more are available and you can do them virtually. So that's been really cool. Definitely. definitely. Aside yeah. from that, though, brutal. Yeah, and I, 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 I was telling. Yeah, and I was telling you, I mean, I think next week we have um, Adam Schefter in our NFL class and like, there's no way this guy could have been able to like actually come in class and talk to us. Just the fact that it's over zoom, he can just do it from wherever. So. Yeah. Yeah. So stuff like that has been really cool, but yeah. Other than that, um, it's tougher, but definitely tougher for sure. Um, with regards to the Panthers and NHL stuff, it's been like a weird month. Like nothing's really happened hockey wise in the last month in terms not of not in north N- america not like in, in the, north america in the nhl like there's been no major trades no major signings um really that have gone on it kind of just seems like things are at a standstill right now and there's a lot of stuff it feels like going on behind the scenes working on that return to play plan which we it's yeah and it's kind of crazy to think about that really the the most significant thing that's happened in the nhl thus far i mean since I want to say like the end of free agency, which was probably in one was free agency. I can't even remember late October was that when like it pretty much ended. 
Yeah, I, like after probably October, before that. Pretty, yeah, probably before that. Yeah, um, mid to late October, that, there's been nothing. The, the most significant thing has been the reverse retro jerseys, which was kind of fun. One hundred percent, I I liked it. Um, and I'm actually I keep seeing more pictures of like more of the reverse retros, and I I keep like changing the order like of the rankings in my head. Is I for some reason I thought the Toronto jersey had white on the sleeves. Great. It's gray. Why wouldn't yeah. they do white? Because mix it up. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I was disappointed in that. And the Whalers, the Whalers is also a gray jersey. I didn't realize that at first. Um, it is what it is, but that that kind of I, I still I still like notice things that I didn't think I knew. Yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is. I think, you know, for the most part, they're, all of them are still pretty nice looking jerseys. Most mm-hmm. of them. Um, but yeah, in terms of like actual NHL news, it's been pretty slow. With the return to play stuff, we've been hearing lots of, you know, information going around about potentially renegotiating the CBA and uh, working things out. And there have been reports that players uh, would like to be home for, for Christmas. Uh, meaning that um, they would have to push back the start of training camps, meaning a potentially later start than they'd initially announced. Well, what do you think about everything going on? Are you all worried about the NHL season at all? So at this point, can we just straight off eliminate January 1st start date? Can we just not talk about that anymore? Because I've still seen up to like the beginning of this week, people still like throwing that around. And let's face it, that is categorically impossible. It's less than a month away. So that, that's less than a month away. You need to have players quarantine for two weeks. And then you would need to do training camp. And then you need to do preseason. Like you're talking about probably at least six weeks away and if players want to be home for Christmas um, as I can imagine, you know, I most... mean, yeah. So really right now, um, I think that best case scenario that we can hope for is pretty much a repeat of 2012, 2013, right? The 48, 48 game season. If I recall correctly, I could be wrong on this. I'm probably wrong on this. You're definitely wrong. January 19th. I think was their start date then. Yeah. Um, it, give or take maybe a day or two. Um, if that, and they were done mid July. Yes. So it's possible. It's possible. And I, yeah, I think they want to keep it. I, I think a, a big part of the decision making too, is that they want this upcoming season to impact the season after mm-hmm. as minimally as possible. Right, they want to have a full off, full off season and to start at their normal time, especially with Seattle coming in. They want fans to be there, um, and so I don't think they'll have an issue with that just because they can't go past the start of the Olympics and the start of the Olympics. One once again, I'm probably wrong on this, but I think is late July. Yeah, right. Because as long as long as it's this season, NBC still has the broadcasting rights for the NHL in the United States national market. And they're not going to want to pick up an NHL game 
when the Tokyo Olympics are happening. This just makes no sense. There's already like such a minority of people in the United States that actually watch hockey on a weekly basis that for them, it's just, it, it's clear cut the decision that they're going to make. So Gary Bettman's got to figure out a way to get everyone on board for at this point, maximum 48 games. Yeah. Like, like it just seems like the clock's ticking on everything. I mean, and with, with a 48 game season and full playoffs, think about it. You're basically playing a season and then another half season in the playoffs. When yeah, you look at the pro- be, it's half the regular season. When you look at their proportions of it, it's very interesting because yeah. they're playing like proportion of games played in the playoff is compared to regular season is much higher than it was in years past. So I think that's going to be interesting to see. Um, there were some rumors. Uh, I was referencing an Alan Walsh tweet to you uh, earlier, and I didn't really get to explain it. I figured I'd keep it for the podcast, but essentially yeah, what, what he brought up was the fact that the NHL is I want to put this like as mildly as possible. They're floating the idea. All right. It's like nothing like concrete. They're just saying that it's a possibility. They're floating the idea that if they can't, if the owners, if the NHL cannot come up with a clear deal with the NHLPA, then the NHL and the owners are just basically going to lock out the players and there's not going to be a season. Which really is not allowed in the CBA. They're not allowed to lock out just as the players aren't. Um, But it's going to, I think this is a really interesting situation. I doubt, this is like the doomsday plan, right? Yeah, it's definitely not plan A. I doubt it's actually going to happen. At this point, it's, the NHL would be, and its owners would be so like, idiotic in doing that that they're going to be losing even more money if they don't play than if they play yeah the way i see it yeah yeah it's just it's an incredibly complex situation with not a lot of time to figure out a solution like i swear for like the last like four weeks like every week probably for the last four weeks i've seen like a pierre lebrun tweet that's like an important week for negotiations decisions need to be made soon Right. And then nothing happens. And then the next week, a critical week for negotiations. And it's like, man, it's, it just seems like, yeah, it's just, it's an incredibly complex situation. I don't really know what the outcome is going to be. However, with the, obviously the way things are currently, um, it is shaping up that there will likely be an all Canadian division for next season. Um, which, uh, again, interesting idea, obviously the NHL very different from the other major professional sports leagues in that, you know, they do have quite a few Canadian teams. It's not like the NBA where, you know, the Raptors can just fly down to Tampa and play there. Yeah. Um, so what are your thoughts on a potential Canadian division uh, realignment, which would see uh, the Florida Panthers playing in, I guess, like a, a central division 
which would include Chicago, Columbus, Detroit, Nashville, Pittsburgh, Tampa, and I believe St. Louis. So what are your thoughts on the potential uh, idea of realigning just for next season? I think it, it just makes it makes a tremendous amount of sense when you think about the fact that the Canadian government is just not willing to um, to to bend the rules for the NHL, right? Yeah. They're just they're not willing to do that. So really, the NHL has no choice but to do this because they're not going to relocate seven entire teams. Of course not for a season. It makes no sense. So from that point of view, they really just don't have a choice. That's the only feasible option. Uh, it's going to make for a really interesting um, season because you're getting teams like Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, Detroit, who, uh, not Detroit. I don't know why I said Detroit. Montreal, Ottawa, and Toronto, who aren't used to going wet out west that often. No. So that's going to be interesting. And same goes for Western teams, um, uh, Vancouver, Calgary, and Edmonton, who aren't used to going east that much. Yeah, like I've seen a, a lot then, of – the thing, too, is like I've seen a lot of people float the idea of them doing like baseball-style series uh, in each something, something that let's point out, Jonathan Taze has been advocating for for years now. Years. Years. And, and, and he might finally be getting his wish. <laughs> um, I think Winnipeg in all of this is fairly untouched because they they kind of uh, bounce back, but they're used to that. Uh, yeah, remember the year? Remember the year when Winnipeg had to play in the Southeast Division? Yeah, not ideal, not no. ideal. And when Detroit was in the West, I think that was just nuts. Um, I mean, even Nashville being in the West. Yeah, yeah, Nashville is is the easternmost team in the West. Is there is there a time difference with Nashville? Do you know? Between Eastern time zone? Yeah. I think they might be Central. I don't know. I can't be certain. Because Detroit isn't. No, and Nashville is... Uh, Nashville's I, I, a little I, more West. I'm not sure. That, that would not, be interesting. Actually, no, I actually do I think so. They're, they're, they're 100%. I can't believe I blanked on that. <laughs> I, 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 I was working Nashville's <laughs> summer and all our meetings were central time. So that was, that was just a really big mind blank on my part. That's why I was asking. Um, yeah, plus, goodness, I'm pretty sure every time I watch one of their games, it's at 8 p.m. Eastern time. So that gives it away as well. Yeah, I forgot. That's the entire reason I came out east so early this year in, in the summer was to have an hour advantage so I could sleep in a bit. Uh, oh, man. But yeah, so there's that. Um, I don't know if it's going to affect revenue at all. Um, I don't know if it's going to, like, in terms of broadcasting agreements, I don't know if, uh, so Rogers in Canada and NBC in the U.S. is going to have a problem with this. Um, just because they're not getting certain teams. Uh, more so for NBC, less so for the Rogers, just because you do have clusters of original six, like, big fan bases in in the u.s so especially toronto and montreal so they're not getting those games anymore 
I don't know if they're going to be upset about that. Uh, hard to tell, really. They, they're they the only ones who can actually answer the questions. Um, I, I really don't know. But the, for the Panthers, not so, having to play Montreal and Toronto is going to be nice. Yeah, so that, that was going to be my next question. Is from the Panthers' perspective, you have being in the current Atlantic division, um, tough division, going into a division potentially that includes Chicago, Columbus, Detroit, Nashville, Pittsburgh, St. Louis, Tampa. Do you do you like is your, Carolina? Is Carolina included in that? I'm, they I'm are not. To... They're not. Carolina. So that's the central. Carolina would be in the east. See why? I I have the map up right now of all, where all the teams are located. And so basically you're looking at seven to eight team divisions, correct? Yes. Why wouldn't you have Boston, both New York teams, New Jersey, Philly, Washington, the Devils. Wait, so that's one. And Penguins. Put Penguins slash... in the same div as like Philly. Yeah, and then the Penguins. Yeah, why wouldn't you put the Penguins in there? I, I don't know. I mean, I I don't get why Carolina's in there and Pittsburgh isn't. Yeah, it's it's a bit weird, but but for the Panthers, do you think this gives them a better chance than their current divisional setup? I think so. I I don't have big hopes for Nashville this season. Uh, neither do I for Chicago. So I think though it's and Detroit. And, Detroit's still bad. Well, yeah, Detroit's good. Just, a bit better. Uh, is did you say Minnesota? I did not say Minnesota. Uh, it was uh, Nashville, Columbus. Columbus might be okay. Columbus like is going to be I, Columbus. They're a, they're a tough team. I think they're going to be a really tough team to play. I really like the moves they made in the off season. I but, think they're. I think it's definitely a team who got better. Um, but be, yeah, you're you're still looking at Tampa Bay and you're still looking at St. Louis, the last two Stanley Cup winners. And then you have a Pittsburgh Penguins team that, you know. For all the you know the issues they've had the last couple of years, they do still have Crosby and Malkin, and our good friend Mike Matheson, <laughs> who will get to see his old pals quite a bit. It looks like, but it, it's interesting. The interesting thing I found though, especially with the potential of doing like series, right, where you're playing a team like three times in their city over a span of like five or six days, is the like all of a sudden the backup goalie spot on a team becomes a very important in that scenario. It really does. It really yeah. does. And, and I, I mean, and we're not even sure who the backup for the, for the Panthers is going to be next season. Exactly. So like that might be an area of concern. Um, and I think, I think a lot of teams really recognize that too in the off season, it seemed like, like you saw like what Montreal did when they went out and got Jake Allen um, who's a pretty good backup goalie. I think Toronto has like four or five goalies. I mean, neither of them being a starter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, uh, yeah, um, definitely some teams that are just going to have a gaping advantage over, I mean, so many other teams. I'm thinking right now off the top of my head, the Rangers are pretty much set. Like, that – perfect duo i think the islanders have a pretty good duo as well um flames have a good duo flames 
Canucks uh, probably if Demko plays well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Canucks a little harder to judge. I mean, Golden Knights, obviously. Obviously, Dallas. Yeah. Like uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dallas, I'm. I I don't know why, but I'm not convinced about their tandem. But I, it's probably me just being naive. Well, here's the thing. Okay, just this is not really related to the Panthers at all. But the Stars tandem, like Bishop and Godobin, like when you watch them play, man, they do not look good <laughs> at all. Like either of them, to be honest. But somehow they're both very good. Like it doesn't make sense. You put it perfectly. Like that's yeah. It's baffling like, you watch some of the stuff like Godobin does in the crease like we saw it in the playoffs and it's like how on earth did that work out well yeah for him? Like, yeah I mean Bishop looked terrible um or, and he actually played terrible so let's not let's not go around that in the playoffs well he was coming off an injury that's yeah, not fair he, and he was very clearly still hurt yeah well they shouldn't have started him um, oh I agree but he and obviously, yeah. yeah, that didn't work out well for them in that one game. But the point is, yeah, teams will probably, if this is the way it ends up happening, like the backup goalie spot becomes quite important. And that's like a big area of concern for the Panthers right now. I mean, especially like the year Bobrovsky had was not a good year. Yeah, you can, Bobrovsky cannot afford to have that bad of a game, uh, bad of a season again. Like yeah. that would be disastrous. Well, that's you're looking too. at you're looking at either Sam Montembeau or Chris Drieger to come in and play, let's say 48 games, probably 10. Would you say 10 games? Yeah, it's not ideal. It's not. I mean, Montembeau did not look good this season. Drieger looked better, but I mean, who knows? Drieger's getting up there. I think Drieger's 30. Is he 30 yet? I think so. Late 20s at least. Um it's going to be really interesting. And then what the AHL is going to do, I think is going to have a huge impact on the NHL as well. Absolutely. Uh, And you're probably looking at like NHL teams will probably be able to carry more players like they were able to in the bubble. So it'll be interesting to see how teams manage that. But yeah, like with the goalie situation, like Bobrovsky, Bobrovsky's up there too in age and he's had injuries in the past. So there's always some concern there about him being overworked. And I think he plays better when he doesn't have to be the guy all the time. Like when we saw him do really well in Columbus, they had Corpus Allo as a pretty good backup. And like with a condensed schedule, like I think def, definitely probably the thing I'm most concerned with heading into next season, whenever that happens. Yeah, I'm not worried about Keith Yandel at all. Uh, I think he's just going to power through. Keith Yandel? Yeah. Yeah, Keith Yandel will go out there and put up like 60 power play points and get burnt like eight times. And But he's going to play every darn game. Every game. That's obvious. <laughs> Everywhere, everyone else will probably find themselves on IR at some point. Not, not, not Keith Yandel. Not Keith Yandel. Nothing can bring that guy down. <laughs> so they'll be counting on him. Yeah, um, I, I think it's going to be such a fascinating thing. And I, I really think that the NHL wants to, before everything is like, ensure that the 2021, 2022 season is unaffected as you, as you pointed out earlier. And just with the addition of Seattle into the mix, I think that's, they, they, they really cannot afford to bungle miss out on yeah. that. Um, 
because I, I would assume this sounds like I'm not qualified to say this, but I would assume that Seattle will be entering the league with full capacity in their arena. Well, that's, that's what like, uh, I, I saw someone, I think it was Ray Ferraro tweet out like the idea of like, let's say you, you do the 48 game schedule. Right. And there are definitely going to be arenas that you're not allowed fans. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the Canadian buildings will not have fans. That's almost guaranteed. Guaranteed. Right. So how cool would it be to like kick off the 2021, 20, 22 season with like Seattle, Vancouver, full arena. Like that would be a pretty cool, like we're back statement. It would be sensational. Right. And, and even, even for the start of the playoffs, I think it could be huge. Yeah. It's like gonna be... if, if we're looking at, I saw, so I know England approved the vaccine, uh, I think a couple days ago and they're rolling it out next week to like first, like the first like frontline people and all that stuff. Um, I think the U S is, I think I saw December 21st. I don't know why I'm remembering this date, but I think that's when they're planning on rolling it out. So there's optimism on that front. Yeah, no, there's definitely optimism. Like I, I don't think that season's going to be affected the 2021, 22 season. I think it's just whether like the timeline of everything being pushed back kind of creates a, a smaller window in between the seasons. That right. would be the only concern. Right. But as we said, they can't push back past mid July. Exactly. And it they it can't... simply can't be done. And they're not going to, the last thing the NHL would do would be take a two week break to have the Olympics and then start up again. No, there's no chance of that. There's no chance that's so happening. It's Yeah, it's a really defined window they have of when they can work in their season and playoffs. Which I think is, works to their advantage for the 2021-2022 season. I think we can agree on that, that yeah. having that hard cutoff really helps get a full season in later. Yeah, because otherwise, you know, they're going about trying to establish a date. They might continuously kind of push it back and back, and it might get too cramped. We don't know. Um and we'll just kind of have to wait and see what, what happens. Maybe we'll hear some more stuff this week, maybe next week. Um, but, yeah, right now we're just kind of sitting here in limbo waiting for stuff to kind of happen again with regards to NHL news, which mm-hmm. brings me to our next segment that we're going to end on today, our football parlay section. Should we call it Panthers parlay? Yes. <laughs> absolutely okay panthers parlay. we, we uh, should uh we we should post on twitter our for picks. The Pan- for the panthers parlay we'll post them on twitter that's a good idea yeah yeah be, let's uh it's for the panthers because so, we don't want people to think we're carolina panthers Ugh, yeah i know um but we'll roll through these real quick all right nice I just, i'm can, just signing into my vpn as we speak it is nice that we can actually do this on a week where people will see our picks before uh the games have actually happened yes and these are way too early picks by the way because we don't know like who's a game time decision and all that stuff so i mean we're recording this on a wednesday and we just watched the game tonight oh yeah by the way fun fact about today you probably saw this already but fun fact about today 25th anniversary of patrick waugh getting up after nine goals allowed and telling the montreal Canadiens front office i'm not playing another game for you 
Yeah. And then so we all know what happened cool. before then he went to Colorado. And beat he the was Panthers okay in, in Colorado. Fi- yeah, and they beat the Panthers in the final, and we don't talk about it. No one remembers. Yeah, that's fine. Fine. So fine. It's all, it is it's all what good. it is. It's all good. Um, cool, cool. But we'll get to, okay, our Florida Panther parlay. Here we go. First game up, Saints-Falcons. Uh, it's really, I think this is a tough one because I thought the Falcons played fantastic last week against the Raiders. They really did. The Saints played the Broncos who didn't even have an actual quarterback. Um, that being said, I'm still going to go Saints. Uh, going to go with just the safe pick here, but I would not be surprised if this one went either way. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, the Saints as well, simply because even without Drew Brees, too many weapons that they have with uh, Alvin Kamara and uh, Michael, Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas. Yeah. And Taysom Hill, who can just do it all. Except he literally throw. can do it all. <laughs> but who you don't need a quarterback that can throw. Um, I don't even want – I'm looking at these matchups ahead of time, and I'm like, this is, like, terrible week to do betting on. Terrible week to do betting, so of course we're going to do it anyways. Next up, the game everyone has been clamoring for, the Detroit Lions versus the Chicago Bears. Who am I even, like – like, what are we going to – like? What are we even expected to do about this matchup? Um, I'm going to so, go underdog here, though. I'm going to go with the Lions because I've hated what the Bears have done recently. So, Detroit. I'm going to say Detroit just because they have a new head coach. Yeah, it, it's worked so far for some for most teams. Exactly. New coach, new team. I'm going to take Detroit as well. I agree with you there. You know I love an upset. So, that's an easy one. Lock it in. Next up, Colts-Texans. Colts. I don't even need to explain myself on this one. I'm surprised the odds are so are so close to each other. Yeah. I I think if you'd asked me a few days ago, I think I might have gone Texans. But really? No Will Fuller. Yeah. That's a huge loss for them. I don't think uh the rest of the receivers, Randall Cobb and the bunch can get it done. So I'm gonna agree with you. I'm gonna go Colts there. So we're on the same page for those three. Next one here. Easy one. Uh, easy one. I don't think we need to talk about it much. The Miami Dolphins over the Bengals. It's got to be, right? It's got to be. It's got to be. Absolutely easy. No question. Next one up here. Once again, the Jacksonville Jaguars getting some disrespect here. They really heavy, are. They really are. Heavy underdogs. Heavy underdogs. I'm still going to go Vikings. But it's... They should not be heavy underdogs in this matchup. I'm I'm gonna go with the Jaguars in this one. Naturally. Naturally, it's worked none of the time, but that's okay. <laughs> we'll tell you in this one. I do Minnesota's been playing some excellent football. Dalvin Cook is the best running back, you know, there is right now. Um, but is James Robinson the second best? Most people say no, but I say yes because he's on my fantasy team. <laughs> so I'm going to roll with the Jaguars once again next one here I think it's got to be another easy one right easy one easy one Raiders over Jets Raiders over Jets oh, it's got to be it's got to be I mean the Raiders sucked last week they were terrible they were god awful and this is probably 
this works out so well for them. You know, when you're coming off a bad loss and like, all right, we need to get our mojo back. And it just lines up that you're playing the New York Jets. So that's, that's fantastic news for them. They got to love that. I'm taking the Raiders as well. Um, this one, next one, the odds are really interesting. The odds are that close, but I think this would be a close matchup. Browns, Titans. I'm going to go with Titans just because of what they did last week. Uh, I thought, I thought that was pretty impressive. Uh, they beat the Colts, but I wouldn't put it past the Browns. I, I wouldn't put it past them, but somehow like, I have a lot more faith in Ryan Tannehill than I do in Baker Mayfield. So I, I, I'm going to take the, the Texans in this one. Or not the Texans, the Titans. My apologies. Next up, another close one, divisional matchup, Rams, Cardinals. Who are you liking in this one? What a fantastic matchup. Is uh is Kyler Murray 100%? I think so. I think he's fine. Yeah, then I'm going to go Cardinals. I know they're underdogs in this matchup. I'm shocked that there are underdogs. I know they lost. I, the Rams lost last week. And they did not look great. I had Jared Goff in fantasy. I, they I played J- the 49ers. I had Jared Goff in fantasy last week. He put up three points. But I played... Uh, John Bird, who we've had on the podcast before, I played his team, and his quarterback was Derek Carr, who put up zero point six points. So big win! <laughs> you you love to see it. You love to see it. Yeah, John's John's team had a tough week this week. I'm sorry, bud. Um, he had Kareem Hunt, who went off for forty four points, and he still lost to me by to, by forty six. And my team's not good. He, he, <laughs> my team's not even good. So that's how bad things were last week, especially with our quarterbacks. Next up, this is it. Our two teams going head to head. I'm taking the Seahawks. Heavy favorites, rightfully so. Here's the thing, though. I heard through the rumor mill that Daniel Jones is not playing next week. Oh, that's that's good for you guys. So I mean, as much as I love my Giants, my wallet is telling me the Seahawks. It just makes no sense to bet on the Giants at this point. I mean, if you don't want to I mean, bet without, against, you, you, you could just pick no one if you want, if you don't want to bet against your team. No, 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 it's fine. No, because I don't mind betting against my team because either A, my team actually wins and I'm like fired up. Or, B, or they B, lose and you're happy too. Cause I lose, cause I win money. So smart strategy. That's what, uh, that's what it is. Yeah, I mean the Seahawks didn't look great last week against the Eagles. Like they gave up that late TD, that hail mary that lost a lot of people, a lot of money. Um, yeah, but not us. So I don't care. Um, <laughs> it is what it is. You know, it's just the nature of sports. Next up, Eagles, Packers. Are are you thinking upset here? Heck no. As Me a Giants too. fan, I'm... there's no way. Yeah, it's just a logical human being. There's just absolutely no way I'm betting on the Eagles. Uh, I'm taking the Packers as well. This next game, this next game. This, I think is the closest one odds-wise, is this next one here. It's the New England Patriots and the Los Angeles Chargers. Who do you like? 
Patriots have struggled this year, but they had a big win last week over Arizona. Big win last week, and that's why I'm going with the Patriots, and I'm pretty sure the Chargers lost last week. Yeah. I'm going with the Chargers this week. Justin Herbert, sling on the rock, give it to me. Um, I liked what the Patriots did last week, but uh, yeah, I'll go Chargers here, but not, not, not overly confident in it. Then we might have our lock of the week up next. Uh yes, it has to be. That uh, or the, the that or the game after that, but I think this one's a on a pretty pretty good lock. Pretty good lock. It's uh Broncos Chiefs. I don't think either of us are thinking uh an upset in this one. So nope. uh, we'll lock in the Chiefs there. Um next one, probably another lock. We just watched them play tonight, the Steelers playing the Washington football team. I can't bet on that game. I don't know if you can. Uh, Cannot odds, bet on this game. Odds but are I not will. out yet. I'm I'm not going to place my bet today anyways, just because there's going to be a bunch of odd changes. And my Betway account has $0 left, so that doesn't help either. Mine has $0.88 cents left. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's a walk. Um, so we'll, yeah, we'll take Steelers there. Next one. Uh, Bills Niners, close close matchup again. Bills, I'm going Bills all the way. I I don't even get why that's so close. I I, I guess because the Niners the 49, beat them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I get that they won last week, but I I think the Bills are still far superior. Yeah, I'm taking the Bills on that one, and, and just super thankful for the the line they're giving us. Uh, and our last one here, Cowboys Ravens. Well, I mean, I cannot put money on a divisional rival, so it's going to have to be Ravens. Yeah, it's it's a tough predicament for me here, you know, because I think, you know, the Ravens are a better team, but how do you bet against Andy is, Dalton? Is Lamar going to be back? Do you know? I don't know. Let's say yes. Yeah, then... then the, odds, the odds aren't out on that one yet either. Um, we'll have to wait, but I think it's safe to say we're both taking the Ravens in that one. Yeah. So... That is it for our parlay predictions. We're on the same page for a lot of them this week. We usually are. Like, we're, we're usually not far away other than you picking the Jacksonville Jaguars, no matter what. They've never let me down. <laughs> I mean, usually usually when they lose, like, my parlay's already been destroyed anyway, so I'm... Exactly. I'm okay I'm with it. Same boat. You know, and, and I used to, uh, you know, I like to bet on the Bengals too, but... With no Joey Burrow, it's it's tougher to do these days. It really is. It really is. Um, so I, I, that's a bit of a bummer. But either way, we'll we'll see how we do. We'll have to watch the games this week, and we'll uh, we'll, we'll post uh, these to Twitter. Uh, see what everyone thinks. Yeah, uh, we'll cook up a nice fun graphic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we'll let you guys know and see how they turn out. We'll probably 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 won't hit again this week. They'll probably lose. Well, I'd love to see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, that does it for this episode of the podcast. Thank you to everyone uh, tuning in, and we'll be back next Monday with a brand new episode. We'll see you guys then.
Barkov looking to get a step on Mete. Barkov to the net. Barkov between the legs. Unbelievable. Did you just do that, Alexander Barkov? The Panthers are back.